As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. The Athletic. The only way to score is, of course, to play uh, with a handbrake off. Hello, I'm Ian Stone. This is Handbrake Off, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by The Athletic. Uh, We are podding the morning after our 1-0 away victory at Brentford in the Carabao Cup. And we'll get into the nuts and bolts of what happened at the GTEC Stadium last night with Art de Rocher and Adrian Clark. Morning. Good morning. Good morning. I was there last night. Yeah, we managed to see the game. Did we manage to see the game, Art? You managed to see the game? <laughs> I managed to see the game. Indeed. Good. Adrian, you managed to see the game? Yes, I was working on it. So we did have a we had a stream and it was all good. There are some of you listening who wouldn't have seen the game. Obviously, there's the rest of you living in one of the 180 countries or so that it was broadcast in who would have seen the game. I went along. I was invited by Brentford mate. I took him along to the game last year when uh, VAR decided to ignore someone in an offside position uh, at the Emirates and we drew 1-1. And so he returned the favour. He said, you want to come along? And I thought, yeah, great. Obviously... I try not to celebrate too conspicuously when we scored. Uh, I mean, I, I punched, I punched the air quietly. Did you? It's not really what you want to do. I mean, the worst one that ever happened to me was at uh, Chelsea away when uh, Nigel Winterburn put a thirty-yarder into the top corner, and I was sat in the Chelsea bit and I couldn't celebrate. And it, I, it was actually it was horrible, <laughs> and I vowed never to go again. But Brentford is a you know, it's a bit, a bit more of a sedate part of West London yeah. when it comes to away fans. So I thought, you know what, why not? And I did enjoy it. Describe the punch in the air. Was it was it below chest <laughs> level? Was it you know out of sight, or did you did you go above the head? <laughs> it was a below the chest yeah. uh, punch. Is all I can say. No one would have noticed. My mate next to me didn't even notice, and he was looking at me. To be honest with you, it was it was almost imperceptible. Have we ever been in that situation? Neither of you ever sat with your away fans. Are oh, you ever sat with your away fans, or the home fans, or whatever? Not um, directly with them, but amongst them, maybe adjacent is the right word. Like inside the press box. You're, you're with your away press. If you like, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I think if you remember, obviously Villa away last season, that got a bit feisty in the press box. Did it? Yeah, because um, two of the coaches or oh, yes. analysts had a little bit of beef 
after the third goal. Overall, it's actually quite a funny experience at times because sometimes obviously the fans that are around you will get involved with a bit of banner and stuff. So you're amongst them anyway. It gets quite funny at times. Yeah, I mean, I think in the press box is slightly different. I'm actually thinking about this now. I did it at Leicester as well. I did it. I got tickets to away game at Leicester, and you, 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 you want to talk about Leicester as well, don't you? I mean, I, I was actually with the away fans, and I stood up and celebrated. And then I realised there were about another twenty Arsenal fans who were celebrating, but they were all <laughs> massive. They were all massive, and I thought, I'm not massive, even though you feel like, yes, come and have that. Uh, where you were in the Leicester press box, weren't you, Adrian? Well, yeah, I've because I've, I've been working on games for so long now like I just don't get to to go and watch Arsenal outside of a work capacity so um, yeah now the closest I come the last two seasons because I live in Leicestershire they've let me um, go to the game and and broadcast from there and and do co-commentary instead and on both occasions we played great uh, and there were big moments and and I could I didn't care about who was around me <laughs> first one was a couple of years ago when Ramsdale made that one to save what a I was out of my seat punching <laughs> the air while I was while I was co-commentating above the head punch proper above the head punch and then yeah. I was I was also out of my seat when Martinelli scored last year because that was a big goal just just after half time if you remember just he just run down it's a lovely little move and he he clipped it in from the angle and yeah I just yeah I kind of find it I find it quite hard actually when I'm working on Arsenal games to just sit still. Um, so yeah. even even as Adrian was saying that, oh, do you notice he was getting slightly yeah, jumpy? Yeah. Can imagine. <laughs> I've got to be honest. If I was sat next to you and we were say at Chelsea away or West Ham away, and we were in the West Ham end and you were jumpy like that, I would have to move away <laughs> to be honest with you because I think I can give it away a little bit. Anyway. Anyway, I'm still here uh, after my brush with danger last night at Brentford. <laughs> no one's ever said that, ever. Um, Brentford nil, Arsenal won through the last 16 of the Carabao Cup. Starting 11, Aaron Ramsdale back in goal. Tommy Asu White, Gabriel Kivior, Jorginho Havertz, Smith Rowe, Nelson Sago Jr. and Nketiah. And we've got West Ham away in the next round. I mean, oh, it was essentially Brentford's first team. I mean, I know Adrian was on this pod the other day mm-hmm. talking about how Brentford normally play 10 reserves. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I have to say, my Brentford mate was saying, this is he's picked the first team here. This is basically the, their strongest team available. So when I heard that, I was slightly worried, uh, to be honest with you. But we stood up well, didn't we? Particularly in the first half. Yeah, first half mostly. I think Brentford, coming from their perspective, probably just... Wanted to get some momentum back. Yeah, confidence. Because of their league, almost, I guess, wobble, you'd call it. But from an Arsenal perspective, it was pretty much what you wanted, a professional job. It wasn't an outstanding performance, but I thought those who came in, particularly Tomiyasu, Smith-Rowe and Nelson, showed their quality and why they could slash should be important players throughout the season. I'd add Kivio mm. to that list as well, Adrian. I, I mean, we, I mean, we could do this in order, but let's talk about the block, yeah, because that was an unbelievable bit of defending at the end. It was. I, I'm not convinced the ball was going to go in. I think it might have hit the post or just outside of the post, but he didn't know that. It was a no. brilliant block, absolutely. And he was, he was heavily involved, Kivio down the left. I thought him and. Nelson. A lot of successful passes. Yeah, in the first half, they linked up quite nicely, didn't they? I'd, yeah, I'd echo Art's thoughts, really. Yeah, Tommy Asu came in and did well. After the game, I picked out the three Haylenders, uh, as in, um, you know, Smith Rowe, who I thought had a really good first half. 
almost scored a wonderful goal and I loved the way he sort of burst oh, into the box oh, and beautiful. the touch to get it onto his left foot took two or three players out of the game it was a brilliant save to deny him obviously Nelson scored had probably our best other chance and, and was was in it and I thought Eddie was fantastic actually I think that that he had a an, an exceptionally quiet North London derby we couldn't get him in the game he had barely any touches in this game he had loads of touches. He was going looking for the ball. Give yeah. it to me. I'm going to take some responsibility. And his passing was fantastic. Strikers, because of the nature of the business, they're surrounded by big, ugly centre-halves <laughs> that are bumping them around, tend to sort of have low pass accuracy because yeah, because of the job. 70-odd percent, 80 if you're lucky. He had over 90% pass accuracy. He really looked after the ball and linked play nicely, I thought. He was dropping a bit deeper as well. I mean, there was a couple of occasions when he was in our half and I thought, who's that? It's Eddie. Oh, right, <laughs> OK. But he wanted to be involved because I think he would have felt stung as well. I don't know how much he read the criticism or heard the criticism that was levelled at him after the North London derby when he wasn't involved. And like, as you say, Adrian, he was heavily involved. Got to talk about Rambo. What a save, Art. What a save. Big. I mean, he's getting so much stick from the Brentford fans you're just a shit David Ray right and you think of all the places that he would have to go it was it was sort of funny even though he wasn't laughing I'll be honest with you but we he held the ball late on after an attack and he was giving it back to them and when he and there was also a save when the move was still happening and he was giving it back to them as well Mikel Artesa said I don't think I'm the one to ask the quality of Aaron Ramsey because I was, I was the one that brought him when everybody was questioning that decision. Great answer and perfectly justified, I think. But I'm really happy for him, Art. I think he did a, he played really well last night. Yeah, it was exactly what you wanted to see from him um, being selected, not just because it was at Brentford, but um, I thought the save was massive. Um, it's almost like, again, he, he plays, I don't want to say so much better, but you can just sense his presence a lot more in away games when he is getting that stick. I think it actually he makes him it. thrive. Yeah. Um, but also I felt um, in possession, he was a lot more courageous than he has been so far this season for Arsenal. I know for England, he actually um, showed quite a bit of, um, I guess, variation in his distribution. But last night I felt his past selection was actually quite nice to see as well because we haven't really seen it in terms of that range since his first season, really, I'd argue. No, there were passes along the ground, weren't there? Yeah. The 40-yard passes out to Eddie or Havertz coming back. And there was a lot of that sort of stuff. That stood out to me as well. I, th I think, especially off the back of David Rye being a little bit flustered um, with his distribution at the weekend, I think it was really important for Aaron to just remind the manager and everyone else what a good passer he is. And early on, he just fizzed a couple of real pings into midfield. And I thought, yes, well done, Aaron. Because it, it takes a bit of courage to do that. It does. Yeah, because yeah. If he messes, especially wrong. the situation he's in at the moment, all eyes are on him. If he messes that up, he looks a real fool and it takes him backwards, but he had the bravery to do it. There's only one incident where he sort of held onto it too long. It was a little bit hairy, but yeah, in general, I thought his passing was good. And yeah, that save, that save was terrific through bodies. 
instinctive, that wasn't was it? Yeah, segment. really, great really good. Segment. Anyone got any footage of David Raya clapping that? Have we, uh, have we found <laughs> any? You know, some... <laughs> just you know, to return the favour and that. I don't know. Anyway, well done, Rambo. I think everyone at the club is really happy for him after yesterday. Emil Smith Rowe, and we have mentioned him. Uh, first competitive start since the 16th of May 2022. It's almost 500 days. Also his 100th start. Mikel Arteta said he had good moments in the game. He was struggling at the end because physically he's still not with enough rhythm or enough minutes, but it's great to have him back. Very happy for him. Adrian, I love watching him play. I genuinely do. I, is it... Is it that the system that we have now, that where we play with a bit more control, doesn't work for him in the same way? I I feel I still feel a little bit disheartened for him. No, I th- no, I think it suits him greatly. Actually, I think there's four positions in the team for him. He can play in four. He can play in Erdogan's position. He can play in the left eight position, which is obviously up for grabs. He can play on the wings. So the way is that, that a help or a hindrance to him? Oh, it should be a help. It should be a help, really. I mean, I'd like to see Mikel Arteta try him out wide occasionally when we're, when we're short. Obviously, he didn't need to in this game because he gave Charles Sago Jr. a debut, which we'll get to. Um, but no, I thought I thought he looked good. A, a little bit like Eddie took responsibility, which is good. And then obviously... He was um, showing. When, he was yeah, showing for the ball. Yeah, give it to me. He had quite a lot of the ball in the first half, but he wasn't just playing the safe passes. That's what has frustrated me a little bit about his cameo sub appearances. He's he's really got into some quite good areas and then just given a short pass to somebody else, which is fine. But sooner or later, you've got to try and do something. And um, in this match, he definitely took took that mantle. And he was driving at them, looking for one-twos, particularly with Eddie, which was which was nice to see. I've obviously got a great relationship, those two. And the goal that he almost scored was majestic. It was great play. Uh, and yeah, so he basically was a mini Erdegaard, wasn't he? Played on the right of centre, did what Martin would have done. The, the only shame was that he blew up fitness-wise in the second half. I mean, he was absolutely hanging in the yeah, second I, half. Yeah, you could see it. Was, you could see it. Was it. He wasn't really getting many touches. He was knackered. And, and yeah. when you it's your first start for 499 days, that's not surprising. Well, I'd, I'd, personally, I'd like to see him get a 90 in for the 23s or something, just to, 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 get, to build it up. I'm sure maybe behind the scenes they'll have a practice match Maybe, I don't know if he'll be away in the international break. Maybe he'll get a 90 and then if he's away, but he, he just needs, that's all he needs. These minutes. Yeah. Yeah. I think the, the Champions League game next week's a big one, I feel, because again, like you said, Ian and Adrian, mm-hmm. everyone knows the qualities there and you see straight away how different he is to the other midfield options because he does things with so much grace, but also almost with a conviction as well. So that, I guess, match day two of the Champions League, Lons away, I think could hopefully be a big one because, yeah, you just see, I think... You think it'll be a much... I don't know. I don't know, but I this is more hopeful thinking. But I just feel like there'll be a moment that kind of just where everything kind of clicks into gear. And uh, one thing I saw from Mikel's post-match quotes was him saying how vertical... Uh, Emil is and that's something that was really key to Arsenal's success last season so if I don't think they've had that same verticality this year so far so hopefully he can add another kind of element 
to to Arsenal's play this year. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard it right. You can talk to a real human in customer service any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask me. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not preach you and your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. We were a bit uh, with the handbrake at time. Ian Stone here with Art De Roche and Adrian Clark on handbrake off. Let's talk a little bit about Takahiro Tomiyasu. I mean, he was excellent yesterday. It's the first time he started as centre-back for us. Um, I think we all agree he's an excellent defender. I mean, really good. When we see him for Japan, he's the one. And when you've got a team like Brentford who are hurling in long throws and crosses, he's exactly the sort of guy you want in there. Oh, does does he need to learn how to invert? Is that what we're talking about here? Does he need <laughs> to have find that way of playing further up and coming in and then then it'll be hard to leave him out. He's done it in bits and pieces. So the Manchester United game and there was, I think it may have been the PSV game as well. Actually, yeah, because so I was watching that game as a fan in, in the stadium. It was the first time I'd been as a fan in ages and I was in the clock end upper. So I kind of had a straight look at him. And when he came on, he was scanning a lot before yeah. receiving the ball. And I just felt that was quite a positive sign. But in terms of him as a player, I just think the fact that he is able to play so well at centre-back is a massive bonus for him as well, because there were times yesterday as well where, like he did for Japan, he'd ping the ball out wide off his left foot, he'd ping it wide off his right foot. He's able to do both. And I think, again, similar to Smith Rowe, the fact he's able to play four positions should only be a help. And it's just about, okay, now the League Cup's here, the Champions League's here, just get some regular starts in those competitions. And then who knows, maybe he'll be knocking on the door. 
Yeah, I mean, Adrian, he he was excellent yesterday, and he made a, he made some very timely interceptions. He looked very on top of his game. Uh, he looks back to full fitness now. He, he does, yeah. It's it's a real bonus. So yeah, if anything happens to William Saliba, which we really hope doesn't, then then I do think we're in safe hands with Tommy. I think that he's a reliable defender. He's not as good as William Saliba, but he's it, there's not Who a big is? there's not a big drop off like there was to, to Rob Holding, for example. So no, so I think that's good. I thought the team selection from the manager was good at Brentford. He wouldn't have known that they were going to play their first team. That would have been a surprise. I think, as, as Art said, it it's a reaction to how bad they were against Everton. <laughs> he brightly said, "I was going to give you a lot of rest, but." Go out there and, and get some form, will you? And, and in the first half, they were terrible. Um, second half, predictably, they were better. He obviously got stuck into them. And I think 14 of their 17 shots came in the second half. Yeah. So we had to really sort of ride a storm. And why it was a good selection at the back is that I think in these cup games, when you rotate, always go with a strong defence. Always go with a strong defence because... It, it's a it's that more of an insurance policy, and what we saw here against a team that have more successful crosses than anyone else in the Premier League, have more headed shots than anyone else in the Premier League. He picked four centre backs across across the rear guard. So yeah, yeah. and uh, Havertz was in there as well. So yeah. there was a lot of height in that it was, team. It was a well thought out selection. Yeah. Yeah, one of the one of the smaller members of the team was Charles Sago Jr. Art, oh, can you tell us a little about him? He is the seventh Academy player to make his senior debut under Mikel Arteta after uh, Balogun, Aziz, Cottrell, Patino, Hine and Unwary. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned one of the smaller players because I think looking at the squad, people probably would have assumed maybe Amario Cozia Dubri would be the one to start before Sego Jr. But I actually feel like his height probably helped him uh, get selected against Brentford. For the 21s, he mostly plays on the left or through the middle. He can do he can do either side, can't he? So yeah, but I think he's just a bit more comfortable off the left, which may be why he didn't get as much of the ball as maybe people would have wanted to see. But good, good kind of runner with the ball, clean striker of the ball. And yeah, I was, I guess, pleasantly surprised that he was given a start because being totally honest, I I didn't expect any of the youth academy products to be given a start against a team as strong as Brentford. But he did he did fine in in his little, I guess, was it an hour? 70 minutes yeah, or yeah, so. 68, 69, yeah, 68, I think. Ben White wasn't, uh, he wasn't playing him in as much as he no. would have done with uh, Bukayo Saka. <laughs> but you know what? I guess we can forgive that a little yeah. bit. Yeah. So I guess it's all about just kind of getting up to speed with with men's senior football. But he did all right. He had a few flashes that were decent. Nice. He added some nice touches. And, and where I was sitting, he was right in front of me for most of the first half. And he was doing well. And and nice touch from uh, the captain, Martin Erdegaard, at the end to push him towards the away fans. Yeah, he's just yeah. sort of making sure that he, he enjoys the experience, isn't he? And, and he knew that the fans would respond positively to, to Charles. And yeah, we love seeing a debut, don't we? It's, it's, it's great. It's... It's a really exciting night for him. And he, yeah, he played things safe, didn't he? He didn't take too many chances. There was one lovely sort of chop where he moved the ball from his right to left and skipped around someone. That was lovely. It was one of those games where Brentford were strangely passive in terms of they, they weren't were that passive. aggressive. So they were standing off him. And when you're a winger, 
in a way, I used to prefer it if someone got tight to me because then I could skip around them. Then you could just use your instinct and beat them. When someone sort of stands off you, it, in a way, it's tougher for you to then go past them. So you end up playing that safe pass. I was frustrated with the other players, actually, for not giving him more of the ball, not trusting yeah. him. Because so many times he could have had it and they just turn the other cheek. And and that happens. It's, it's just a trust thing, I suppose. Statistically, he did have the fewest touches of any starter. He had 20. And a sign, really, of the way that they ignored him but didn't give him the ball as much as they should have done is that Jesus who came on for him only had 22 minutes and he had more touches Jesus than Sago Jr so next time he plays and hopefully he'll get another chance you know soon I think he'll he'll be in the game more yeah and one more thing before we uh, finish talking about this game Arsenal's wastefulness and I'm not talking about actual chances Kai Havertz had one where he took a bit too long and came back inside and he should have shot first time but there were a number of opportunities, Art, where we opened them up and you thought, hello. And we didn't really even get shots on target most of the time. And it just means we're under more pressure through the game. I mean, we have to we have to stop this. I mean, I understand that teams are going to waste chances every time, but it's just making things more difficult, isn't it? I think it's just about putting your foot down, really. Because even, say, deeper in the pitch in midfield, there are times where you think play that pass but it's not played and it's just okay we get it's a Wednesday night we get it's the Carabao Cup but I I do think there is something to be said about just being dominant and what that can do for your confidence yeah killer instinct because there are times where you just thought okay even if it didn't result in a goal if you're attacking a team at pace with a lot of threat you're going to feel more confident and that's just going to bode better for you, not just in that game, but I think in the games going forward. So I think it also comes down to that vertical word we talked about before. Running not as just well. Passes, just run but yeah, You know, run harder. Take your man on and something might happen. You never know. <laughs> yeah, I think I think you're right. Have, have more of an effect on the game, each of the players. And we're still in, uh, Adrian. And by the way, Man City got knocked out last night. Yeah. This is a winnable trophy. You talked about um, trophies, Adrian. We want to go deep in this competition, not least because it will give our fringe players a chance to get minutes. I mean, Jorginho played the full game last night, didn't he? Almost very... Yeah. Seven tackles all in it. the game. So, yeah, he did all right. <laughs> Although he nearly got caught on the ball, didn't he, in the first five minutes. I'm like, Jorginho, come on! Learn your lessons. I know, but he is good at receiving the ball in those tight areas, isn't he? And oh. he really, I mean, it's impressive, the bravery of him, really. Yeah, yeah he was in, he was the heartbeat of the team, wasn't he? And yeah, he, I think he'd be pleased with his performance. You're right to, to reference the competition. We, we talked about this on the show last night. The Europa League over the last few years has been a great vehicle for getting players fit and sharp and for keeping the whole squad interested and match ready. Obviously, being in the Champions League changes that. So I think it's even more important this season. Obviously, the League Cup was alongside the Europa League as that vehicle before. Now it's the only one, really. So I want us to stay in it because I want to win a trophy, but also because it will help the others get tuned up for when we need them in the Premier League. So yeah, hopefully we can go to West Ham and... And, but, and turn them over in the in the next round. But yeah, City out, Brighton out, bit of a bogey team for us. Uh, Tottenham are out. 
So it's opened up quite nicely. I think I think it's a very winnable competition for us, especially if we get through this next tie. Yeah, yeah, not an easy game, West Ham away. Um, we've got Bournemouth away on Saturday afternoon. Still got quite a few players missing, although everyone apparently is coming back fairly quickly. Bukayo Saka might miss the game. Art, if, uh, if he does, we talked earlier about Emil Smith-Rowe. He's... Aunt Mikel Arteta doesn't seem sold on, on him playing out wide, even though Adrian was saying earlier that he thinks he can play in that position. Who do you think comes in for Bukayo if he doesn't play? I think it would be Nelson off the right. It may have been a different answer if it was the left side, but I do think Reese has looked good whenever he's come on the pitch, not just this season, but obviously stretching back to last season as well. And he, he deserved to start against Tottenham, I felt, um, given the injuries there. And he should be starting, <laughs> especially after scoring last night um, against Brentford. I think he he's more than worth a start against Bournemouth, I reckon. Yeah, I, I think that Mikhail prefers him on the left. And I think he is better on the left. But, but yeah, I probably would go with the same. But it wouldn't surprise me if one of them was back. It wouldn't surprise me to see Trossard out there. We will see. Women's Super League, by the way, returns this weekend. Arsenal playing Liverpool at the Emirates. 50,000 tickets sold for a league game. I mean, there is a lot of discussion about the women's game and now they haven't had enough rest. They've been playing, you know, they're, they're playing massive games, Nations League games and now league games six weeks after the World Cup. But my God, the women's game is just huge now. 50,000 tickets. Yeah, especially at Arsenal. I think the record they smashed against Tottenham last year was around 47,000. So obviously you're <laughs> past that already. And I think... It's massive that they're able to do that in the WSL without having the Champions League there. Uh, I think that's a big thing. We saw it in the Champions League against Wolfsburg. and But also, by the way, not that much advertising of the game. You know, when the Champions League was happening, there was very much a big push. Let's fill the Emirates, and that's great. Whereas this, it's just people have just gone, yeah, of course we'll go. It's uh, Arsenal-Liverpool. It's a big game. <laughs> I think, yeah, it's being natural is the biggest thing. You can't really fake an attendance that size. Um, So the fact that Arsenal have been kind of pushing it for the past two years, I'd say, um, not just last year with the getting to the Champions League semi-finals, but um, having games there the year before that, the opening day against Chelsea, I remember, which was the only seed of our first game in charge and kind of just building that natural core, I guess, you'd call it, to kind of, yeah, open this season up with a really nice, healthy crowd, which is hopefully really noisy as well. Yeah. And Adrian, in terms of the fitness, um, I mean, obviously you played football at the highest level. The rest is important. They have to sort the calendar out, don't they? I mean, there are people who know way more about this than myself, but as a player, they haven't had long enough to rest, have they? Well, not the international players, no. The ones that are involved in the World Cup, it's it's all come around a bit quickly. The WSL season is a bit of a strange one for players that aren't internationals because there aren't that many games. You know, they're quite spread out and and whatnot. So yeah, it's um, yeah, all the best players are kind of burnt out by the end of it, and the, and the others almost feel lightly raced. It's yeah, something probably needs to to, to change. There'll be a few new faces, won't there, this weekend, which is quite exciting. Um, 
few, especially at the back, because Raphael has, has left. Lee Williamson's still not fit. Big loss for us, Raffaella. Yeah, she was a very good player, but but we signed some good, pretty decent players. Amanda Illestat, who played for Sweden at the World Cup, she scored four goals from corners. Yeah. She's a massive threat um, it, from dead balls. She'll come in. The uh, Laia Cordina, who played for Spain, obviously a World Cup winner at centre-half. So, so she could, I don't know if she's in line to play or not, but she'll be involved. And Alessia Russo making a league debut as well. Yeah, brilliant. And there's a couple of others. We've got a young Aussie, Kyra Cooney-Cross. There's a Canadian striker, uh, Lacasse. And the players to come back from injuries as well. Beth Mead, Leah Williamson and Viv Miedema. Beth Mead's been in the squad, hasn't she? She hasn't really been playing Beth Mead, but she's involved. So there's a, there's a lot of reasons to be excited. I'm gutted. I got invited to the game just before we came on the pod. I'm working. I'm going to the... I'm, I'm working for uh, TalkSport the weekend at Villa Man United, which is a big game as well. But I'd like to be at Emirates, really, with Arsenal wow. Liverpool. But it, I, mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I guess everyone has to get their tickets a bit earlier now if they're going to sell they this, do, yeah. this number. It's very, very... Encouraging, very, no, very encouraging, and and I know for a fact that I will take my family down there if I'm not working when when there's a uh, when there's a women's game, whether it's Boreham Wood or whether it is at Emirates Stadium. I'm going to try and take them this this year. My daughter's a great gauge of the interest. Uh, she's seven, loves football, and she said, "Daddy, could could I have the brand new Arsenal women's away kit?" Because she'd seen it leaked online, and of course, it's out today. And it's a it's a beautiful design. It's Stella McCartney, sort of a, a light blue and pink number. So yeah, she she's all over that, and and yeah, she she'll be asking me throughout this season to take her to to, to see Arsenal women, and there'll be you know girls of all ages asking their parents to do exactly the same over the coming months and that is brilliant and boys by the way not just girls boys as well because it's you know you, you see a very diverse crowd now at these games too it's it's brilliant the, the steps that they've made are just awesome before we go let's have a song Adrian, I'm going to come to you first. <laughs> well, I'm going to be completely self-indulgent here. Uh, <laughs> it's me, me, me. Um, I'm going to pick the Beatles' birthday because it's my birthday today. So Is there it you go. Adrian, <laughs> happy birthday. Nice happy birthday, <laughs> mate. We didn't know. So <laughs> right, I keep it on the low down these days. You know, it's nothing okay, to brag okay. about. Okay, but... you're inwardly celebrating like I was <laughs> last night. <laughs> Mine's Bournemouth-themed Cherry by Lana Del Rey. Nothing to do with, like, anything other than Well, I know, it's title. Cherry. It's called Cherry. We are playing the Cherries on Saturday afternoon. We're going to win 1-0, aren't we? Having every away game has been 1-0, hasn't it? So I far know, I, I'm liking our away form. I'm liking keeping clean sheets. I'm having the beautiful South. You keep it all in, because that's what I had to do last night. Very good, very good. Uh, no.
obviously, I uh, I did celebrate uh, later on in the evening. That's it for our midweek handbrake podcast. We'll be back on Monday after the Bournemouth game. Thanks to Art De Roche, thanks to Adrian Clark, and thanks to Jay, our producer. See you soon. To our-